This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for two fifty and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndiePolitics.org. At IndiePolitics.org, we bring you in-depth, comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing in Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program. We are down to the nitty-gritty at the Indiana Legislative Session, and a whole bunch of things remain to be figured out, and many of those are related to education. So we're going to get you up to date today with the guy who knows education, like the back of his hand, former member of the Danville School Board, Luke Stevenson. Luke, how's it going? I'm great, Rob. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, and, of course, you run a tutoring academy now, for aspiring students. That's right. So actually, you know, now it's it's more of a referral service and I'm doing um, more consulting. I guess that's what you do when, when you were in politics and had a business and then you get a little bit older, so you get to be a consultant. That's where the money's at. That, uh, well, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. Maybe. Maybe for you someday. <laughs> anyway, a whole bunch of issues left to go here at the legislative session, and so we want to kind of get everybody up to date because uh, it'll move very quickly Going forward, um, okay, so the big one is that the superintendent is going to now become an appointed position. It cleared uh, the House bill, now cleared the Senate. It'll go to the governor. He's going to sign this bill in some form. What say you? So as we talked about earlier in the session, I thought this was a good bill. Now, it was interesting. The Senate uh, voted the bill down, and, and Senate rules say they're not allowed to vote on the same bill twice, so they had to have a significant difference. So they changed it to where there was a requirement on the level of education that the uh, superintendent of public instruction has. Um, and they also changed uh, just a couple other minor things in there. Now, Senator Lannan over in the Senate said, wait a second, that's not enough changes. But uh, the Senate decided that it was. Could, could this go to court? Do they have the ability to say you didn't make, what do they call that, substantial changes to the bill and we're going to sue? I mean, what sort of recourse do you have? You know, so like, I guess, I guess someone could take it to court. I don't know who would really want to, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, 
I mean, heck, when you um, hear somebody like Ann Delaney and then her Republican counterparts saying, yeah, this probably should have happened a while ago, there's not a whole lot of adamant opposition to it. When, when the guys on your side, when there's people on your side saying that you're wrong, it's really hard to sue, right? Right, okay. yeah. Okay, so here's my question on this, because you, um, you're a recovering politician. <laughs> That's right. You were elected yes. to public office. Just like you. And you, yes, <laughs> yes. And you understand that it, it, when there's big issues, you have to spend what they call political capital, and you only right. get so much of that. Was it worth the governor spending a lot of political capital on an issue which now he won't even get to make the decision on because the appointment won't happen until 2025? It'll remain an elected position through 2024. Right. So, you know, so I sit here and and think the governor didn't spend a lot of political capital in the, the public sense because this is a bill that it's not something that a ton of members of the public know about care a whole lot about uh, so as far as that goes I mean I don't think it's going to be an issue uh, in any future election now if you want to talk about internal state house politics did he spend some capital uh, sure but you have you have Brian Bosma who's spending all kinds of political capital on road funding so so this seems to be a year that um, in more ways than one it's spin 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 um, right now for political capital in, in all parts of the state house. Uh, so I don't think that he's going to suffer. So what do the school people think about this? You talk to a lot of superintendents. You talk to a lot of school board people. How do they feel about this change in the state superintendent? You know, so that's that's a good question. And and I, being a, a now retired school board member, I'm for it. I think that a lot of people are for it because uh, – the last four years in Indiana, between 2013 and, and 17, um, there was a lot of it was issues. it was chaos, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Rob. Um, it, it was chaos because great for people like me in the press, but probably one hundred percent for the process and bad for the students. It, it, it was fun to watch, not fun to be a part of, right? Um, and that creates a really difficult situation if you're trying to run a school corporation when people in the state house can't get along uh, and and really this bill ought to help relieve some of that now of course you can have a governor that's a different party than the majorities in the legislature but at the end of the day this should streamline the process Again, our guest Luke Stevenson of the Danville School Board, formerly of the Danville School Board. We're talking about some of the big issues in front of the Indiana legislature as we wind down legislative session related to education. What? <laughs> How do you tell four and a half million people that you don't get to vote for something anymore? I mean, that because that, that's what is going to happen here. So um, you don't. Ma your opinion doesn't matter. We think we know better than you. So I don't think that. It's uh, your opinion doesn't matter. What the the message should be on the part of, of the governor is saying, hey, look, now your vote for me matters even more. If you value education for your kid, if, if my education policy matches what you're saying, then you should vote for me. And, and I would even, you know, say that 
it wouldn't be surprising to find a candidate who, as they pick their lieutenant governor candidate, they might pick that public instruction or uh, superintendent of public instruction. So candidate. you may see uh, coming out quick saying, "If I win, then this will be my pick." Right, or or they might even pull a Trump and say, "Here would be here would be some of the people that I would pick." Um, you know, give a short list, so to speak. Because you know this, and and any person that is a single issue voter is really I have big concern about any person that's a single issue voter because there's so many things out there right right but there's a lot of people especially as it relates to education that are single issue people yeah and and I think so being an education person I would say that single issue education voters aren't they can't be single issue voters because you have to worry about the budget you have to worry about uh, so many different bills whether it's vouchers school choice traditional school funding uh, all these things that go into education and, and i think so this is at the end of the day this is what's important is that position is not really a policy position. It is a managerial position. It is someone who's managing government. That's the job of the superintendent. But, but of when I talk about single-issue school people, like that's all they want to talk about. And you know the people that I'm talking about because you oh, sure. dealt with them. That's really all they care about. Like there's this whole universe out there. Like you've got the entire United States to explore, and you're concerned about Dubuque, Iowa. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you know the sort of person I'm talking about. Sure, sure. Um, and and I. I think those people, uh, some of those people will be maybe upset. Some may be fine with it. Uh, I think at the end of the day, though, what this has to push people to do is campaign harder uh, for that governor position, whether that's the person running for governor or if that's volunteers in the field, people who are trying to raise money, whatever that might be, the burden now goes to that governor level race. Because you could see people, and we saw this in the past in the uh, election of 2012, where Pence wins, barely, but still wins, and Tony Bennett gets thrown out on the street where people might go, oh, well, I really like this person, but school voter person goes, but I hate that person He's a, he says he's going to pick for uh, for uh, uh, state superintendent, so I'm not voting for him. And I hate the other guy's opinions, 99% of them, but I like who he's put out there for school superintendent, so I'm going to vote for him. Sure, people do that already, though, um, with, with other issues. You know, oh, well, I disagree with Mike Pence on 50 nine percent of things but this one issue that i really care about that's why i'll vote for him and and you saw that with you know a lot of uh the the people who voted in the presidential election the supreme court was their their single thing that they said man i i hate hillary clinton i hate donald trump i want the supreme court to stay conservative i'm gonna vote for donald trump and rob now i know you good, like well, that good thing all those people <laughs> listen to me because i told those people almost two years ago this is your path to, to success um, I would be a great state superintendent, wouldn't I? I'd uh, be great. You know, nobody understands funding, public funding like me. These schools, they'd be so prosperous. If I were they wouldn't have any water, but <laughs> they'd be very prosperous. <laughs> the school funding has been cut by nine tenths. <laughs> uh, you the, kids are walking. The kids wear coats to school. Walk. Heck, they would be the ones to tell their kids. I walked uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. When we come back. There is another proposal in front of the legislature that would change the way superintendents get compensated. We'll talk with Luke about that next. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D in Brownsburg. 
At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317-852-5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides childcare for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Speaking with Luke Stevenson, formerly of the Danville School Board, getting you up to date on all the big education issues in front of the Indiana Legislature. And here in a week and a half, they'll all be decided. Because we know these guys aren't working overtime, right? They're out. They're out on the 21st. No. All right, so another big education issue, and it uh, comes to us. I actually saw this story in our uh, good friend Abdul's daily email that he sends out from IndiePolitics.org. It comes from the Northwest uh, Indiana Times. Dan Cardin with the story. Titled, Lawmakers OK Golden Parachute Limits for School Superintendents. Luke, you have uh, some experience with this as you hired a superintendent. Regent Park School superintendents may seem like corporate executives at times, but Hoosier lawmakers are making sure they won't get paid like CEOs when they lose their jobs. Senate Enrolled Act 182 caps any buyout provision in a superintendent's contract at one year of pay or $250,000, whichever is less. It also requires new superintendents tenant contracts run no less than one year and no more than three years contract renewals can uh be for a five-year term 
I like this. I think all these, not all of them, but many of these superintendents are completely overpaid. Can't say the school's broke, and then you got people making uh, two hundred thousand dollars a year. What say you? So, so I would agree. Uh, now, I, you, and I look at this a little bit different. I don't always think that superintendents are overpaid. Um, what I think. Uh, a lot of contra- I work in radio. Everyone is overpaid. Uh, sure. My <laughs> uh, I I think what happens a lot of times is you have these fringe benefits that superintendent contracts include. Uh, they might have a cell phone stipend or a car stipend or this stipend or that stipend. Uh, one of the things that we tried to do at Danville, which I really think is a best practice model for superintendent contracts, uh, when we hired our new super- superintendent, we said, okay, n- no more of this. We're going to pay you. It's going to look like we're paying him more than what many superintendents make. But the the reality was that we were just taking out those fringe benefits, putting it in the bottom line, and that was easier for everybody to understand. A lot of superintendent contracts are not very transparent, which is an issue. I mean, they are an, a public employee. Those contracts ought to be transparent people ought to be able to see what the real compensation is now we hired a new superintendent and before that we terminated a contract of a previous superintendent um, and we had to pay to do that Uh, i think that um, the again these french benefits can make it difficult to actually estimate how much compensation a superintendent gets in one year so hopefully this bill will allow Uh, that to happen a little bit easier because look at the end of the day if a superintendent is managing a school corporation poorly they need to be getting gotten rid of yeah and and, and, so here's the deal like if you're gonna pay me not to work like i'm i'm all about the benjamins you you know me i'm all about the money baby um (laughs) if you're gonna pay me not to work i'm gonna say okay i will take my salary i will go sit at home and watch looney tunes right like, do most superintendents, are they upset when you tell them it's time to go, but you're going to get a compensation package? Or they'd be like me and be like, thank you very much. I'll see you down the road. So so I think it's for a lot of superintendents, if you do that, that is a major blow to their ego. Oh, so that's a big deal to them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I have seen. Um, and now a lot of superintendents are great, but there's also plenty of them who um, – you know, they think highly of themselves. Uh, and so when you say, you know what, man, you suck at your job. We're willing to pay a quarter of a million dollars for you to stop. That's a little bit of a blow to an ego. Because you hear about this in coaching, too, like Tom Crean. Like, Tom Crean's going to get whatever it was, four million bucks. To sit on his butt. Yeah. You're so right. um, to me, it's like, oh, what a punishment for that guy. <laughs> right. I sort of view it the same way. Like, in my profession... Rob, you're doing a bad job hosting Central Indiana today, or you're doing a bad job filling in on WIBC. We don't want you here anymore. I'm not getting any money. Right. I get nothing. These guys get a quarter of a million bucks, in some cases, to not work. Right. What a deal. So, and and they have these contracts that are multi-year contracts, and so the the thought is uh, kind of similar to Tom Crane that they have if they have a five-year contract and let's say they get paid two hundred million dollars I'm sorry two hundred thousand dollars rather each year that they could potentially earn a million dollars in these five years right so the idea is well man if you're two years in and you want to stop this contract well now the state's saying no you you don't have to pay out for the rest of the contract which is what 
happened some before, which, I mean, gosh, a corporation wouldn't do that. They'd sit around and deal with a bad superintendent until they felt like they could buy him out. Um, him or her, I should say. Um, but now they're saying, nope, one year, that's plenty. That's enough money for anybody. Um, and, and, you know, I just had to put in here, as a Purdue fan, we were happy to offer to pay half of Tom Crean's salary if you would have kept him. <laughs> we would have done it. All right. Uh, again, Luke Stevenson, our guest, formerly of the Danville School Board. We're talking about all the big education issues that are in front of the Indiana legislature this year as it relates to education. We're trying to get through as many as we can in 30 minutes. Uh, there are proposed changes to the way schools are funded, and it's going to free up the ability to move some money around. Yeah. I like this. I think this is a, a good a good move. What what do you think? Yeah. So uh, anybody who hasn't ever really gotten into it, I promise that school funding is much more complicated than necessary. Uh, why? Wh this is one thing that I could never figure out in my years on the school Especially board. Especially for communities... Uh, that don't have a guy like me to tell them how the schools can avoid referendums, right? I mean, it's very difficult. Uh, God, you know, what a blessing you are to Brownsburg. Um, but <laughs> one of the things, uh, one of the things that doesn't make sense to me is, um, Rob, for for transportation at a school, what do you think of when you think of transportation at a school? Well, I think of buses. Sure. So we had a transportation fund. Makes sense. But then you also have a bus replacement fund, which is an entirely separate fund. Now, wait a second. How can you have your transportation if you don't have your buses? That doesn't make any sense to me. And and those two funds could not intermingle money. That doesn't... I, maybe I'm simple, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. This bill is allowing uh, schools to, to move money around. If... It's kind of like that that idea that man, if you overdraw on your checking account, then it'll come out of your savings. Yeah, overdraft protection. Right, right. So now these schools aren't drawing too much money. They're not spending money that they don't have. They're just spending money that they have in another account. Um, and so now it gives schools flexibility to say, hey, look, we've got plenty of buses, but maybe we the price of diesel went up. All right, we're going to take a, another quick break. When we come back, I'm going to complain about my favorite thing, the referendum process. <laughs> There's some legislation in front of uh, in front of the folks at 200 West Washington Street with the, that would change uh, that once again. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. 
Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Luke Stevenson, our guest, former member of the Danville School Board, talking about big education issues in front of the legislature, which is in their final week and a half. All right, so I talked about this the other day on WIBC. It's uh, one of my biggest pet peeves with the Indiana legislature, and it is that we have laws that make people feel good. We put them in the Constitution, but they don't really do anything. And then we totally, over time, find a way to drift away from the intent of the law, or in this case, the constitutional amendment. So uh, I'm going to rant for a minute and then let you take it from there. Isn't that how most of this works? That's usually how it goes. That's how I pick my guests, who will let me rant the most. Um, Okay, so when we put the tax caps in the Indiana Constitution, a big part of that was a reaction to out-of-control spending from government entities across the board. People said, this is crazy. I can't pay 3% of my home value every year. We need property tax cap protection. So they did that. They capped homes at 1%. And a big reason for that, a major driver, major spending driver in local governments was school corporations. One of the things that they left in place as a part of that was, well, what if the world what if the world falls down around us? We still have to have a way to fund public schools. And by the world fa- falling down around us, I mean like a roof caves in or you know, whatever. Massive influx of people, whatever. Right. So they gave the people the ability to pass referendums to go above the tax caps. But slowly, over time, referendums have now become commonplace. It's become ways for school corporations to get around the tax cash if they can get 50% plus one of the people to fund basic day-to-day stuff. Uh, they can do that. And to me, it totally subverts the will of the tax caps. It puts all the onus right back on the property tax owners, which is what the tax caps were all about. So we didn't have to fight this thing every year. I hate the referendum process. I want to get rid of the referendum process. I'm going to guess you disagree with that. So so I do. Um, because, well, first off, to go Cut back... Cut his mic. He's out of here. <laughs> to, to go back to, to the original intent... Uh, that that you said if if the roof caves in or man if you were Avon ten years ago you couldn't have survived without a referendum because they were just growing. But by it failed. And... They tried and it failed. But and they're still here. We love so, Avon by the way. Avon's really great. So so Avon schools have slowed down in their growth. Um, they're still growing, but I mean you know how it was. Like I said, 10 to 15 years ago, it looked like they were building a new school every week in Avon, um, and I think maybe they were. Uh, so that referendum process helped. Now, what I think, what I think is interesting, is that schools now are using like general fund referendums. Those referendums that in in Brownsburg they had one general fund referendum and then they had one property tax supported fund referendum but the general fund referendums what are interesting about those to me is that schools are saying look the state has said that we only get this much money per student schools have no say in how much money they get per student on the property tax supported side rob i i get your point i i i understand um, on the general fund side, what's difficult is like Hendricks County, most of our, our money that goes on the per, per pupil basis, that comes from sales tax. 
Hendricks. Yeah, but like in like in Brownsburg, I was reading the thing in the flyer, and I'm going to get the number wrong here. So don't quote verbatim, but it's like ten thousand seven hundred bucks per kid. How much money do you need? But like the, you could educate me on nine bucks. Give me an internet feed and a curriculum. So so now that's probably combining both their their property tax supported funds and their their general fund dollars. That it's about ten thousand dollars or so per student. This is what makes it difficult when we were talking about that moving moving money around for schools, right? So they've freed it up in, in our four or five, depending on the school, property tax supported funds. But you still have general fund over here off on an island by itself, and you can't move money into that. So what makes it tough for, in particular, schools like TriWest, Danville, Mill Creek, um, they can't be competitive with teacher pay if you compare them to a school like Franklin Township schools or Wayne Township, and what's even more frustrating. Yeah, but you don't have the problems that you do there. It's well, like, do you want to live in the country or the city? You know what you get when you move out there. So, but here's here's what the issue is, Rob. Is that it used to be that teachers could very predictably expect to get incremental raises as they got better at their profession as they came into their profession as they lasted through their profession. Oh, you know, hi. Welcome to the private sector because I know where you're going to get. My business still does the same great work. I didn't get a raise last year. So, but if you look at what kind of money you get. Look at the service get, I'm providing. People would be lost without me. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a great way of saying it. Um, but if you look like, so I use my grandmother as an example. Um, you've met my grandmother. Who's the statistician for the basketball team. Uh, that's right. Zero um, mistakes, perfect book. Uh, yeah, and she uses four different color pens for each quarter. <laughs> you know, uh, my my grandmother's great. I, I love her to death. Um, she started teaching uh, back in the 70s, and she made about $6,000 when she started teaching. Um, she retired in 2012 from Danville. She stayed at the same school all those years. And, and she retired uh, at about $65,000 because that was about the top of the teacher scale. So we can say that she made roughly five, or I'm sorry, 10 to 11 times more money when she retired than when she started. Well, a teacher today, they have, they have no guarantees at all because a teacher today is starting at about $35,000 in Danville schools. I think it's maybe 35.5 or 36 now. Um, So when they retire 30 years from now, that would be like saying, oh, you guys are going to make $350,000. That's not going to happen. You and I both objectively know that's not going to happen. Um, But we're trying to do something to allow them to make a little bit extra money. Well, I shouldn't say we different schools are trying to do that and and but but you understand my issue to say okay hey we had this battle okay we had it and you guys by you guys saying local government entities of all sorts were so out of control that the people had to step in with a constitutional amendment and now you've got school systems like zionsville and hambledon southeastern and carmel we love all those places great kids great communities whatever but they're doing these referendums above the cap and then they're coming back seven years later and saying we're not raising your taxes we're just resetting the rate well no you already raised the taxes and and i shouldn't have to fight this battle again we had it we won 76 percent of the people said property tax reform property tax caps Let's go on to the next thing. And and so I guess where I think of a problem too with with property tax caps. First off, if you put if you put a carrot in people's face, unless they maybe live in California, that says, "Hey, lower taxes forever." 
who's not going to take the carry? You know, like that's that's silly. But you had the state. So now um, a lot of people don't like when the federal government interferes with states. I'm one of those people. I don't always care for when the state tries to interfere with the uh, local governments. The issue becomes, though, I can't fight this thing every year. So in the Brownsburg referendum, which we were right, we were proven right. We said from the very beginning, it's not that we don't want you to have your money. Sure. If you just wait a couple of years, here's how you'll have your money. And ultimately, that's that's what they did. And but they outspin us a hundred thousand to three thousand when you include the the political action committee and the public right. money that got used. I can't fight that every year. So and and I think what is important is is I agree with you. You can't fight that every year. There needs to be some kind of process um, when we when when we have referendums to say, hey, look, if you're going to do it now, then I think there needs to be some period of hiatus time after a failed referendum. Thank to happen. you. I, I I think that's that's 100 fair because, because because like annexation, if the annexation fails in Brownsburg, now four of them have cleared, but if the one that fails, you're locked out for whatever it is, 48 months. The same onus should be on these guys to say. You get one bite at the apple, and if it fails for the next five years, you're stuck. Yeah, and, and I think that's fine. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Um, but I also wonder, like, so Hendricks County, our jail was built in, what, 1970, yeah. 71, something like that. Right. Um, now, I'm no, um, uh, uh, you know, sociology major. You do not have a law major. enforcement degree, is that what you're telling me? No, I, you know, I don't have any uh, degree in sociology, but I think our population has grown somewhat dramatically since 1971. Um we're going to need a new jail eventually. Um, now, when we need to build a new jail, I don't think that we can do that without a referendum process. Man, you'd think these school referendums were hard. Can you imagine trying to say, all right, guys, we're going to raise your taxes for a jail. That's going to go over great. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll see what happens. All right, we're running short on time, so I did want to hop around. Just not every. Let's just close on the school <laughs> side with this. Not every community can be fortunate enough to have a me out there. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, Brownsburg's very lucky to have me. No, we'll close with this. You ran for state house last year, right? You uh, ran a very nice campaign, um, and the whole time, I didn't hear anyone talking about massive tax increases on gasoline for roads. Did I miss that? Because you're the person who was your opponent at the time, Jeff Thompson. He loves this house gas tax proposal. I didn't hear Jeff Thompson nor any Republican talking about raising taxes on gasoline. Did I miss that? Yeah, isn't that weird that um, they don't say anything about it because they know if they don't talk about tax increases um, that, oh my goodness, we'll get elected and then we're going to pull one over on these guys. We got Why are they doing that. this? So... I I I don't know. Is this short answer? <laughs> okay, very good. Um, but you know, do we do we need to maybe increase some funding or or look at our roads and infrastructure? Sure. But what really concerns me is tying it to inflation, to where these taxes can just increase indefinitely um, without anybody doing anything. Um, the the governor having uninhibited tolling powers. That's which, scary. Yeah, right. I I love Eric Holcomb. Don't get me wrong. Thank You're you, a big fan. I I am. I'm a I'm a Holcomb guy. Um, and, and I think that he would probably be fine. But, man, what if you get somebody in there who's just like, yeah, I told the heck out of him. Uh, you know, I don't want to pay 20 bucks to get on 70 from Plainfield to drive downtown. That's ridiculous. Um, or whatever it may be. Yeah, the we world needs me on WIBC. I can't be paying those expensive <laughs> fees to get down to go to work. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just think there's so many so many issues in this bill. And, and if they were to say, hey, look, Guys, we need some more funding. We're going to um, 
raise it up a couple cents or something like that and, and say, hey, we might have to come back and look at raising it a little bit more down the road, then a lot of us would have been like, eh, it's still a tax increase, but it's not it's not killing Hoosiers, right? And and this one, I think, and, and now I think you maybe wouldn't be thrilled with any tax increase, but you and I at least agree on this, that it is a large tax increase and that's huge you know that's it's the really biggest in the history of the state and and that's where my beef is uh, tell them what they won bob <laughs> right yeah no no uh so i just want to make sure that i didn't miss that that yeah and and you know and because i try to be very I, fair i've been I, so i was talking to my dad the other day and um i told him in hindsight i'm actually somewhat happy that i didn't win my election because I, I wouldn't have been allowed in chamber because I would have been telling those guys they're idiots. Oh, yes. Um, I, I would have pulled a Rob Kendall. Um, <laughs> and because, you know, I thought that the Republican Party was for fiscal conservatism and small government. Have we seen either of that from the Republican Party at the State House this year? We've seen nothing. It's been um, terrible, awful. This may end up, right. and, and people won't know it for a couple of years, but this may go down as being one of the worst legislative sessions in history. Though we do want to give credit to John Crane, who voted against the gas tax. And contrary to popular opinion, I do not control people's votes. They do what they want on their own. <laughs> Luke, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Rob. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search Central Indiana today. Download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for two fifty and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the State House is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it seems like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. So that's why we want you to bookmark IndyPolitics.org. At IndyPolitics.org, we bring you in-depth, comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D in Brownsburg. At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. 
Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317-852-5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.